Welcome, Wildcats, to a football edition of Weber State Weekly. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we've got a man who won the first ever playoff baseball game at Fremont High School. Go Silver Wolves, Dustin Chapman. I like just hearing you say go Silver Wolves. Can you repeat that? Yeah, I felt weird. I'm going to be honest. Go Royals. That's what I meant to say. I, I will Next. say that they're, they're, my team, that team, by the way, had one sophomore, David Hale, trolling around at first base who later went on to Weber State and playing well. So it's a good team. Yeah. Next, we got a man who combined with his son to break the Ghostbusters game at the arcade, not once, twice. Sean Lewis. This was a recent accomplishment for us. You know, when you go to the arcade, you get the tickets. My wife took my son and they got like 17 or 18 tickets. We ended up getting over 7,000 because we broke the Ghostbusters game twice. We figured out the secrets. We just pumped the money. 15 bucks. Got a huge prize. It was great. Crack like three Tootsie Rolls, right? Crack the code. We got a board game out of that. We got a board game out of that. All right. And finally, we got a man who was the three time Augusta County champion in the math competition 24, which if I understand that correctly, that's crypto John King. Yeah. So it's a math game where you have, uh, um, you have four numbers on a call, multiply, divide, add and subtract those numbers in some way to get to the number 24. And they've retired the trophy after me because, you know, domination. <laughs> domination is the word all right guys we got a player interview today uh, a lot of seniors graduating and so we had to get at least one of them on the show before uh, before we miss our chance so we're going to have senior safety preston smith chatting with us today talk a little bit about his career we're calling him playoff b because this will be the first time that preston has not played in the playoffs been part of an incredible run so we'll talk to preston a little bit about his career then we're going to talk about the game recap northern colorado the bears came up to ogden and they ended up taking the l against the wildcats on saturday so we're going to break it down a little bit talk about that and then talk a little bit about kind of what this means for the future because we got a big season coming up in 2022 uh, i think it's going to be tough a lot of big names on the schedule so we'll talk about it and then finally i got a game for the guys we're going to be playing over the top shout out to jakes we're going to be talking about some of their favorite plays from the season this year. So we're going to be going through all that. But if, but first, before we hop into it, if you haven't already, subscribe to the show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You'll find Weber State Weekly. We're also on social media. You can get us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to chat with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And we've got a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. You can become a patron and join our game day chat, which is on Slack. It's a good time in there. A lot of folks chatting about the game uh, as it goes on, as we start to change our focus now to hoops and uh, and softball to come. So, all right, mischief managed all that good stuff. Now we're going to talk to uh, senior safety Preston Smith. Preston, want to appreciate you taking the time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Been tuning in a little bit here and there, so I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, man. I mean, you have had an outsized impact on this team. Like we said, this will be the first time you haven't played in the playoffs, joined the team in 2017 and really started making an impact right out of the gate. Uh, were was a kid that really uh, Jay Hill liked and uh, started started making an impact in the secondary. But I want to talk about just before that. Let's take you all the way back to Arizona, where you're from. Um Decided uh, you played, you know, we were a really great player in high school uh, from the Phoenix area. And then uh, it was time to look at opportunities to play in college. And so somehow Weber State got on your radar. Talk to us a little bit about how Weber State kind of became a thing in your mind and then what ultimately made you decide to become a Wildcat. Because on our side, 
looks pretty good and things have worked out pretty great. Yeah. So actually I, I only had two offers coming out of high school. Um, it was Weber state and then Indiana state. And I took a visit to Indiana state and I get home from the visit on Sunday night and two hours later, they, uh, they call me and they pulled my offer. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I literally had a talk with my parents. It was getting towards the end of the season. We weren't sure if I was going to get anything else. So I just blindly committed to Weber just to kind of save myself and worked out pretty good. Ended up loving it, loving the town, loving the state. I love the weather. I hate Arizona weather. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So this might be a first. Yeah, I, know. I was about to say, first follow up question is going to be. Everyone hates the cold, but the 120 degree heat, it's just not it. So, <laughs> it's yeah. not it, man. Well, good. So, I mean, glad that Terre Haute screwed up, which by the way, Ogden greater than Terre Haute anyway. Uh, so, decided to become a Wildcat. And then, like I said, part of that 2017 uh, team that ended up playing JMU in the quarterfinals was a, was a, a historic run. You know, some big wins in the playoffs, especially over the... Uh, that was basically when the Wildcats broke SUU, and they haven't been the same since. You guys handled them so hard. <laughs> they ain't been competitive since, and now Demario Warren is fired, and they're off onto the whack. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, like I said, you came in, young player, true freshman, and you got your opportunities early, man. So, I, I mean, how how were you able to kind of break through and be a guy who was there and ready to play for Jay Hill right there that first season and start making an impact? Um, yeah. So I think a lot of it, everyone at the division one level is, is athletic. Like they're all gifted athletes. Obviously you're going to have your freaks in nature. Like Rashid's a freak of nature for sure. For sure. But I feel like everyone's around the same level athletic, athletic wise. And so my thought process coming in was I'm just going to outsmart everyone. And my boat, a lot, a lot of my, uh, people in my family are coaches and stuff. So that helped a little bit, but yeah, my, my thought process coming in freshman year was I'm going to know the playbook in and out before the first day of fall camp, before I even get on the field, I'm going to know the playbook in and out and just try to be the quarterback of the defense out there and really make a impact and help other people play good is really how I thought of it. And I didn't get my shot. Like I only played probably about 10 plays until the sudden, the first Southern Utah game. And I split time with Trey Hoskins. Then I kind of took it over from there. But I, yeah, my, my thought process was just outsmart everyone. And if you do that, your athletic abilities and instincts will take over. So that's, that's been my career here. <laughs> I can tell that you're the, the way that you play out there. Definitely you know, reeks of coach's son. Like you are, you're absolutely a field general out there. And it's clear that you're always in the right position. Um, we've, we've kind of had some debates here on the show about the spring season, you know, kind of fast forward a couple of years. And like, we were all excited to watch football in the spring, but, and it seemed like we got a lot of, a lot of young guys experience, like to me watching, you know, having Bronson get experience in the spring was a really good thing. Um, but it also seemed like, as the season went on this year that it really affected us injury wise. I mean, what was what on playing spring? Was it an advantage to play to 
And I mean, did it really, did it help us out or was it more of a detriment on the injury side? Um, I, I would honestly, I don't think it really affected us as much as everyone thinks it did. I think the only really big effect is the Kevin Smith injury. Um, that's the only injury I can really think of that was crazy. Obviously, excuse me, people started getting hurt, but it was just dinks and like just bruises. It wasn't anything crazy. Dez got hurt. I, I forgot about Dez. I don't know how I forgot about Dez. Dez got hurt, so that that hurt us. But I don't think uh, it had as big of an impact as people think. I just think it was more the mental aspect of it that we have because we started fall camp. I mean, it was in the spring, so it was spring camp at the mid in the middle of January. And we went from the middle of January to middle of April, late April. And then we had, I think we had two weeks off and then we came right back and we were working out for 10, 15 hours a week until fall camp. And then fall camp is a grind. And then we just played 11 games over 12 weeks, which is a grind in itself. So we've been playing football for 10 months out of the past year and mentally it takes a toll on anyone. And so I feel like mentally it, it hurt us more than physically it did. Sean or John, want to jump in with a question for Preston Smith? Yeah. So, I mean, um, uh, Preston, you, uh, I guess, uh, I guess I, I'm going to also ask a question about the spring season as well. Like, I mean, you know, what was that like? Talk, talk a little bit more about like that transition, like between like the spring. Cause you normally, when you, you know, you, you get your spring ball, which is a huge like install period and everything for you guys. So like, what was it like this kind of fall season without really having the big spring install or anything like that, that took place last spring? Yeah, it, it was definitely weird. Um, I think it only really affected the incoming freshmen a lot more. Because you you did like in the fall, we still got a spring ball. Uh, we had like 15 practices in the fall still, and uh, we were able to do that. But like you said, it there's we missed the whole spring to get better, you know, the playbook, you know, do all this stuff, get stronger. <laughs> and although we did play, I feel like it took away from some of the. Uh, improvements we could have made come spring getting ready for the fall season and like you know you're in the spring season you're not really trying to better yourself towards the season you're just trying to win the next football game and i feel like that that definitely had a huge impact but not to say that we didn't have a sort of spring ball it was just at a different time it was just all the timing and the COVID stuff, you guys know, it was weird. Like weird. we went in the fall camp, we call it fall ball in the fall ball. We, we would start, we started in September and usually we're done in five weeks. So usually we'd be done first week in October. If it's the same timeline, well, we lasted until like a week before Thanksgiving because we would go a week and then we get shut down for two weeks mm. and then we go two weeks and we get shut down for a month. And so that happened a couple of times and that throws it off too. Like, just the whole schedule wise, it, it threw it off completely, threw a big wrench in the whole, the whole thing. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you, you guys, I mean, the whole point of fall ball is to kind of build that rhythm and kind of get guys ready because I think it was pretty clear that by the time we had gotten to maybe October, November, that the spring season was what it was going to be. And so you guys are trying to kind of get into shape and get up to that as best you can in preparation for February, but just the up and the down, up and the down, hard to get into a rhythm physically. But then like you said, Preston, mentally that, that takes this toll because it's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Nope. I got to shut down for a month now. Okay. And now, and then I got to get back in, right? Like sometimes the first step is the hardest and I just can't imagine trying to be up and then you got to be down and then you got to try and get back up again. Yeah, it was tough. And like you guys said, the, I think one of the biggest reasons we had a lot more injuries in the spring and I don't think we had a lot more injuries in the fall. I think we had more injuries in the spring because of the fact that we just kept getting shut down. We couldn't have a consistent flow. You know, guys are working out two weeks on, two weeks off. Your your body's not going to be ready to go out and play a football game or scrimmage a week into our spring camp. So like you guys said, it definitely had an impact on our bodies, but I feel like it had a bigger impact going into the spring season than going into the fall like fall was more of a mental aspect. So Preston, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm, I'm the old guy on this panel, so I'm going to wax nostalgic for a little bit. Um, I, I'm just curious to know uh, what, what on the field thing is your going to be your best memory uh, that 20 years from now, you're going to look back upon and say, man, that was a great time. And then what off the field are you going to take away from your time at Weber state? Um, and, and, uh, and the, when you look back in 20 years with fondness about your, your time in college, what, what off the field on the field and off the field are you going to take away? Um, on the field, definitely. It's definitely those, even though we lost, I think we lost three of them, those Friday night games, those Friday night playoff, games, the two of James Madison, Maine, the, I think the Montana games, we lost three out of four, but the atmosphere and everything was freaking awesome. Oh, dude, that, was, that Montana game. Oh, man. But those, that was definitely very memorable. Um, for me personally, I think uh, the NAU game in 2018 for me was big because I'm an Arizona native and they didn't sure. offer me. This is the first time I pl- I'm playing at NAU and I wasn't even supposed to play. And then we got a couple of guys that show up late to pregame meal and then they get benched. And so I play and I just go completely off. I think I had like four or five tackles. I had a touchdown, a fumble recovery, touchdown, interception, forced fumble. And so I think that, that definitely 20 years, I'll look back and be like, I screw these guys. Like you're hunting off for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. What, What about off the field? Off the field. Definitely, definitely the locker room. Just, interacting with everyone, um, the locker room, um, away trips, you know, staying in the hotel the night before, hanging out with other guys, the bus rides, the plane, just those little things are Mm -hmm. definitely gonna be something that you miss. And some of my guys that, um, are done already. Those are, those are the things that they miss the most too, or just with your brothers and just, just messing around. So, that's the off the field thing. I, I think I might be wrong, but yeah, man, that NAU game was weird. That game, NAU game was like turnover city. And I remember I was in the NBA program at the time. And, uh, one of the backup linebackers was in there with me and I, and, 
that game was weird. We ended up losing it. And it was like, I remember he came to class that week and I was like, man, what is up? And he's like, dude, Flagstaff is weird. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Flagstaff is weird, man. <laughs> that was just such a wild game. Flagstaff is hate Flagstaff. Hate <laughs> just a weird vibe. Yeah. Um, Preston, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, so your teammate, Jared, she's got a lot of love uh, from Brett Hine, the beat writer for Weber State for the Standard Examiner earlier this year, became Mr. Wildcat playing the most games ever uh, for the football team. Uh, but I, I was going to say, like, one thing that folks didn't notice, though, was that you were one game right behind him and uh, nobody really talked about that. So, I mean, what was the secret to success there, man? Like longevity, because like you said, guys are getting hurt, a lot of injuries. But I mean, you were largely available basically your entire career to play um, for like five years, basically. So, I mean, talk to us a little bit about that. Like what, what was it that made it made you so durable over that time period? Um, excuse me. I, I think a lot of it has to do with how you go about your off season, um, what you do off the field, how you go about your you know, day-to-day lives, what you eat, what you put in your body. Uh, these guys are doing all this stuff. I, I really feel like the reason I've been so successful is because I've kept a consistent, you know, diet, a consistent workout program, I'm very consistent with everything I do. And I really go balls to the wall. And I know Jared does the same thing. Um, and I know a lot of those guys that have been durable do the same thing. I feel like that's a big reason why um, I've just been able to be so durable. I really don't think it's anything more than that. Just working hard and, Staying consistent is how I did how I did it. The, the world now refers to that as the Tom Brady. Yeah, where I guess. <laughs> well, so Preston, you're you know you just finished your last game a couple of days ago at, at Weber State. I mean, what what's next for you? You're you're an accounting major. Um, college football's over for 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 that at least that part of your life. What? What's next? Where, where, where are you going from here? Well, I don't know. Um, I actually graduated in December with my cousin degree. Um, and then I'll have, I didn't want to do a master's. I just, the hard schooling wasn't, I couldn't do it anymore. So I'm getting my second degree in criminal justice. So I'll have a bachelor's in criminal justice in the spring as well. So if you guys know of any jobs that kind of go around there, hit me up. Um, but other than that, they've been trying to get me to GA. Don't want a GA like oh. like I mentioned earlier. My whole family—that's all they do. Every male in my family is a coach in some aspect or another. So I've been around it for too long. I just need a break. So I'm gonna do something. <laughs> figure. Out. I'm getting married in May, so that'll be fun. Oh man, congrats! Yeah, just if you guys know of any jobs that. So so are you sticking? Are you, is you plan to stick around Ogden? Yeah, I'm not going back to Arizona. <laughs> the seasons we got him with the seasons yeah. <laughs> the only man in the world that does the reverse normally you you, you retired Arizona and Preston's coming to hang out forever I'm staying away from that state man it's too hot it's too hot is, is your fiance a local does that factor into that decision no actually my, my fiance went to high school with me oh, okay she moved out here with me and good for you guys yeah, she loves it just as much. So kind of that's out. fantastic. Wow. Perfect. Well, you are actually going into, I, I graduated from college. <laughs> no joke. 
in April of 2008. <laughs> Had no idea the job market that was going to be waiting me a couple months later. So uh, you, you're, there's no better time to be graduating school than you are now, Preston. And uh, I'm sure, sure the Wildcat faithful will be happy to help you out, help you to find a job. Yeah. You got, hey, I'm, I'm just starting to look. I needed to wait until football was over to really start looking. So I'm just now starting to look. But if you guys want to help me out, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you heard it, Wildcat fans. I mean, if you if you know any way to kind of help help Preston out, I mean, at least give him a year to take off before he'll come back in GA because uh, that mind is money, folks. We've seen Preston Hawk on some some quarterbacks in our time watching the Wildcats over the last four seasons, and uh, this man knows football, so maybe just give him a little bit of time away, get get him get him working in the CJ using that degree, and then uh, maybe maybe Coach Hill will talk him to come on back up the hill. Coming GA, we'll see. It's worth, it's worth a shot, Preston. What do you think, man? It's worth a shot. It's a little time away. It's worth a shot. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's worth a shot. <laughs> hey, hey, Preston, one last question for you. You played a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. We were talking a little bit about it off air, but I mean, who's who's the quarterback you most enjoyed facing, or that you, you know, or, or who's the best quarterback you faced in your time here? Um. So. Three to four really come to mind. Um, I would say 2019, uh, Cookus from NAU, very intelligent, very smart, and crazy arm. Um, and then Danucci. Mm. I thought he was really good. I'm, I was actually surprised that he's not really like falling out because I thought he was very intelligent. He's got good arm strength. He's really savvy. Those two in 2019 were best. Uh, and then obviously this year, Barrier and Alexander. And I know I said in a post-game interview that I didn't think Alexander was as good as Barrier. And I said, you know, no disrespect to him to do the baller, but I looking back on it now, I think Alexander's a better quarterback. He's Alexander's probably all around the best quarterback we faced. I I believe that honestly. Alexander or Danucci would be yeah. Ben Danucci, so, man. I, that's a name I never want to hear again. Or what was the tight end? Freaking tight end that uh, <laughs> just kept throwing it to him. Who was yeah, it? Stapleton. Stapleton. That's right. Like Stapleton or something. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Brutal. Well, Preston Smith, um, appreciate you, man, for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly about your career, uh, about the time you spent here at Weber State and uh, all the success that you've had. I mean, you're going out as a senior, a member of a senior class that is the winningest senior class in in school history. I mean, and Coach Jay Hill noted that uh, in media interviews this week. He noted it on social media. I mean, you guys are it, man. You guys are the cream of the crop, you know, for this Wildcat team. And so wish you all the best going forward. Like, like you said, Wildcat fans, if anybody out there can help Preston as he transitions out of college football, looking to make his way into the job market, especially around here in Ogden, uh, please reach out. Uh, let us know. And we can let Preston know or how, however you want to do it. But uh, let's help a Wildcat out. And uh, Preston Smith, thanks so much for your time, man. Hey, I don't want to sound desperate, but like, if you want to, it's no no pressure. But thank, thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys and keep doing this because it, it's fun to watch and not a whole lot of FCS schools get to have a podcast about their sports team. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty badass. So you guys keep doing your thing. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Totally.
We appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much, Preston. Thanks, Thank Preston. Um, all right, man. We, uh, like I said, we really appreciate Preston Smith for taking some time. Um, yeah, man. I mean, sort of like what he said right there. Whole reason we're doing this is because, you know, we really appreciate the the product that the uh, Wildcats put out there, you know, whether that's in football, we had, you know, a heartbreaker in volleyball this weekend, but uh, a great team there too. Uh, looking forward to hoops. I mean, good things are happening with hoops right now, folks. And we're going to be talking about that in the coming weeks, but great time to be Wildcat, man. Absolutely. So guys, let's talk about being a Wildcat on Saturday. Cause that first half of the day was, uh, that was dynamite. I mean, we were having a good time against the uh, Northern Colorado bears, uh, Ed McCaffrey's first year, Northern Colorado bears. Uh, they struggled against the Wildcats, but, uh, I want to start the conversation out on this guys, three pick sixes in this one. I mean, anybody expect that? I mean, what, the, the short stunned? answer is no, Colby. I, <laughs> no, I, I, the three pick sixes made me forget that there was actually another interception that was called back for a penalty. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we actually had four picks on the day if we hadn't had that one called back. But gosh, I, I those three pick sixes, we we were just stunned in the stands seeing that. You just couldn't believe you, you, that's a season for for one percent of teams, right? And when we had that in one game. Uh, fantastic job by the secondary on Saturday. I go back. I go back a little before that though, because (laughs) so I, it's, it's obvious to me to a lot of teams in the league that a lot of teams in the league that Weber state has a target on their back. Right. Mm. Um, Portland state, they were chirping the entire day at at Weber state on both sides of the ball. Um, Last Saturday, Northern Colorado was doing the same thing. Like they were chirping. And the gentleman that I was sitting with at the game, uh, shout out to Criddle's Cafe, Jeff Criddle. Got to sit with him at the game this last Saturday. And we, we noted in the second half that all their talking that they were doing in the first half, they, they got a little too big for, big for their britches. Like they, uh, they, they, they awakened the beast and, <laughs> and we saw what happened. Cost them. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I was going to ask you guys with those, with those pick sixes, do you think that it was more a function of, I mean, Dylan McCaffrey ended up going out early. And so they had to bring in true freshman quarterback to replace him who had some success, but also made some critical mistakes. And the Wildcats ended up taking care of business. I mean, do you think it was more the freshman quarterback or do you, I think, I mean, you guys can tell me what you think. I think that, you know, guys like Preston Smith, Des, Des Williams had some success there. That I, I just really think that the secondary really started clicking. You know, we were worried about, they weren't getting the turnovers that they normally get. But man, these last few weeks, they really just gobbled up those balls. And I think that it was just this opportunity that they finally kind of things, like I said, that mental aspect that Preston talked about kind of clicked for them in the past few weeks. And they were just seeing everything clearly. They were seeing those passing lanes. They were ready to go. But I mean, I don't know. You guys give me your takes. What do you think? Freshman quarterback or secondary really clicking? Well, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, Colby, but like, I I do think that this is a, I think we're peaking at the, we were peaking at the wrong time. Unfortunately, I mean, I team was really starting to hit their stride um, over these last couple weeks of the season. And unfortunately, you know, we just ran out of time and um, you know, I, I think definitely a freshman quarterback 
helped um, just because, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tough for anybody to play against a J Hill defense, but you know, it's extremely tough for a freshman. Um, but I do think that you saw something over the last couple of weeks of the season that will hopefully be a good building block going into, into the off season as um, you know, the defense kind of really came together. I mean, there were times earlier in the year when the, you know, the defense really struggled and, you know, towards the end of the year, it, 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 it played much more like we thought it was going to play at the beginning of the season. So, you know, it's unfortunate that there's not one more week in the season because, you know, if there was one more week, maybe we'd be having a different conversation about the playoff stuff. Yeah, I think you're right, John, um, because like we said, they really kind of started to pick up steam. The offense even started to figure some things out. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit more about that about that freshman quarterback again. So his name is Alec Lewis. Um, even though he did throw three pick sixes, um, all he still had some success against the Wildcats. Threw for 185 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, what was what was what was the deal? What was you know because he was making key mistakes, which ended up costing his team the game. But he was also having some success. I mean, what's the deal? I would say that it was probably just. A lack of film, you know, that's, that's not the guy they prepped for. It's, right. you see a lot of times where that's quarterback fair. comes in and, and it's, he's got different strengths that are not things that the defense plans for, you know? Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, you know, that I think that, um, when, when, when you look back on this, I mean, you know, if you take, um, uh, um, if you take for his two touchdown passes, I mean, he had a 63 yard touchdown pass, and a 29 yard touchdown pass. Well, that's 92. That's 92 of his yards right there on two completions. So, I mean, that's, that's half his yards and, um, uh, that, that that's half his, half his yards and he still had, you know, 16. So Weaver State did a really good job of limiting him outside of those, you know, two, those two big plays for touchdowns. Um, because other than that, he, he really didn't do much with, uh, he really didn't do much with the football. I, I don't have a good answer for this, Colby. I I look at our season statistics and, and Weber State gave up 172.9 yards passing average per game over the 11 game season. So a quarterback thrown for 182, that's about what we were giving up every game anyway. So I don't think that that's anything spectacular uh, by, by Lewis. I don't think it's a, a defensive failing by our part. I think he kind of hit right around the average within a good margin of error. So I don't think there's anything to read into that. Yeah. And I think you're right that, I mean, it is a combination of like what you guys said, probably like a lack of film because it's not the guy that they prepared for. Um, but then also at the same time, um, he's throwing for about the average, about, you know, like you said, Sean, about 172 yards, which, which is something considering the quarterbacks that the Wildcats face this season. I mean, 172 yards average, like shoot, man. I mean, they faced Justin Miller. They faced Eric Berrier, who's going to, like we said, be a Walter Payton Award finalist. They faced Davis Alexander, who I think is his name is going to be in that conversation as well. He probably won't win it, but his name will be in the conversation. I mean, there were some 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 good quarterbacks, and of course, you know, Cole Johnson, who you know came to Ogden with JMU, another great quarterback, and you know, Hunter Rodriguez is you know he's not. He's not nothing. So a lot of good quarterback play against the Wildcats this season, but to keep keep the op- opponents to about 172 yards on average, that's saying something. I mean, this defense was overall pretty good this season. But I want to. I, I think let's flip the script now, guys, and let's let's talk a little bit about 
Let's talk about the Wildcats um, because we've talked about it a, a few times um, in the last few weeks about the fact that when the Wildcats are able to get out there and run the ball, uh, good things will happen. And I would say that the Wildcats were able to do that by and large, had a decent game on the ground, 117 net yards, only one touchdown though. Uh, Wildcats largely went to, they went to the air to get their touchdowns or it was just straight up pick six, you know what I mean? Which is what it is. But uh, I don't know. Why, why do you guys think that um, in they, they only ran for one touchdown? That was that was Clay Moss uh, trucking that guy on that eight yarder. Did you guys see that? But they, they were largely uh, passes and, and especially passes to tight ends, man. I mean, I don't know. Why, why, why that call? I think they just mixed it up. The pass was working. Uh, I, I Again, I, I didn't have much to complain about on Saturday. Sure. You know, did we outscored them. Our defense, the three pick sixes outscored Northern Colorado for the entire game. So uh, what, what is there to complain about after that? And we can argue over the stats, but, but really it was good to end on a win. And, and most important to me, we didn't go over Stewart stadium and, and that was as a season ticket holder. And we talk about this all the time offline about, the you know the fan support and and fans in the state of Utah love a winner and they come to support a, a winner and and when we lost Chappie will know the number was either five or six in a row at Stewart Stadium going back to last season. Uh, fans don't want to come if they're going to see a lose a loss right. Uh, so it was good to get that taste out. And so we actually got a win in our home stadium, which should be our stronghold, which it wasn't this season. And And it was our stronghold. Like it's been our stronghold since after Jay Hill's first season. Like it's, we haven't lost games there. That's why it was so strange. Yeah. I I love if you, if you watch some of the hype videos that the athletics department has put out in the past, uh, they will, there's Jay Hill will say this. He will say to the team while he's trying to hype them up. Nobody comes in here and takes what we want. Right. He says those words and he's talking about nobody wins at Stewart stadium. Right. And that is normally the case, but weird year. I mean, Wildcats ended up losing a lot of close games here at Stewart stadium. I think that if uh, if we flip a couple of those, I think that if you win the Davis game and you win the Montana State game, we're having a different conversation right now. Um, but yeah, losing you win one of those games, not yeah. not just Bolo. You 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 win one of those two games, and we're probably in the playoffs. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially with the win against Eastern Washington, like you know, would have been a better quality win than a lot of teams on the bubble. If we could have just had been at seven and four, you know, I definitely I'm, think I'm, we're we're playing football this weekend. And by the way, as much as we, <laughs> as much as we joke about Northern Iowa seemingly being ranked, no matter how many losses they have, like somehow it worked and they got in the playoffs <laughs> and we wow. were, we were listed as like one of the last two, two, three teams out. And I was like, freaking Northern Iowa, like how <laughs> surprised they didn't get seated with their seven uh, losses. <laughs> always the, always the darling Northern Iowa, always the darling. Uh, they, I think that their saving grace was the fact that their massy SOS was like sixth in the country or something like that. So I think that's why they got the nod. That's why they get in at six and five and why the Wildcats don't get in, even though the Wildcats strength of schedule was 12. Um, but guys, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about the offense now, because it's something we've been talking about a lot this season. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, well, actually let me, let me talk about special teams. Cause I got a couple of questions here that I prepared on special teams. We were really hoping that Rashid Shahid would get the opportunity to break the NCAA record with eight 
um, career kick returns to the house. Um, I think he had that one shot in the game, and he and he got tripped up there. If if he hadn't that gotten was a tripped shoe, up, shoestring tackle, and yep. the field was wide open for him after that. Yeah, and just got caught by the ankle. Bad luck on that one. Yeah, just bad luck on that one. I mean, he's right there, but I mean, overall, guys, I mean, ends up ends up tying the all time. You know, goes down as one of the one of the greatest kick returners in in NCAA football history. And I think probably gets a look on Sunday. Do you think that uh, do you think that Sheet is a guy who gets drafted in in a later round, sort of like Taron Johnson was? Like, like talk to me a little bit about where his draft stock is right now, in your opinion, John King. I'm I'm looking at you. So, I think draft. I I think draft stuff is going to be is is going to be tough. I do think that Rashid is going to get a shot in the NFL. Um, I would think that he would have a much better chance if this was 15 years ago, because, you know, 15 years ago, having that kick returner was a much bigger deal than in football. Like having someone like Devin Hester was Mm -hmm. a huge deal in football or having someone like um, Brian Mitchell, you know, way back in the day, you know, for the Washington football team, like that was a, that that was a, that was a really big deal, but with how they've, you know, kind of changed the kickoff rules, in the NFL, um, it's just, you just don't see as many returns anymore. I mean, so many, you know, so many kicks just go straight through the back of the end zone and that's it. Um, so with that being said, like, you know, one thing that Rashid is really going to have to show is he's, he's going to have to uh, make one of these teams as a receiver. He's going to have to, you know, be a receiver first, I think, and, 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 and kick returner is going to be a thing that's going to be a, it's going to be a tie breaking thing for him because, you know, if it's close between him and another guy, he, he can say, well, I can, I can, I can return kicks. Like, you know, I'm, I'm one of the best kick returners in the history of college football. Like that's a tiebreaker, you know, being able to go and, you know, be a gunner on the punt team or something, uh, something along those lines. Like I do think that the, I, I really do think that there's a special teams place for him uh, um, in the NFL, but he's really also going to have to impress as a wide receiver because he will get a training camp invite somewhere. Um, he's really going to have to impress with that just because you just don't see many return specialists anymore like you used to. Mm. I, I'm complete with with John King on that. Uh, I, I think he goes in as a undrafted free agent, um, and it's just the the fact is he's a little bit undersized on height. Um, and and John is exactly right. He's got to be able to go in as a receiver. The, you can't just be a special teams uh, punt returner or kick returner these days. Um, and they've tried to legislate that out of the game as much as possible in the NFL. And 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 the kickers are just that much better. I mean, there's a reason the NFL moved the extra point back 15 yards. Um, just, you know, kicking has just gotten so, so good in the NFL. So uh, I think he goes in undrafted. Uh, he'll get a look. Um, but John's exactly right. The He's got to be able to be a receiver and a kick returner. And if he can do that, and there are undersized guys in the NFL that are very successful. But if, if you can do that and he can be consistent and show that he can be a, a quality receiver, then, then I think that's where his staying power is um, because the, the kick return is a bonus at that point. Um, I will say Rashid does have one quality that NFL teams value above almost everything else, and that is speed. I mean, that man is, yeah. that man is you, you, blazing fast. You cannot teach speed. Nope. No. No. Not no. his. 
So, so he, no, not like that. So he, like he'll get a shot. And, and more than that, you know, when he is returning kicks, he he's got a feel for, for what it is like you're 100% right. It's harder to make a career as a, you know, it was John Lynch. Like it's, it's hard to make a career as like a special teams guru in the NFL these days. But if anybody can do it, Rashid can do it and he, he will get a shot. Um, last question I have for you guys on special teams was I want to talk a little bit about Kyle Thompson because uh, he hit all six PATs and two field goals, one for 27 yards, one for 43 yards this last weekend. It feels like he's getting really comfortable. Like he's starting to get to that Trey Tuttle level of automatic, right? Where it's just like, you, you know, you've got confidence in this guy where it's like, he's going to go out there. He ain't going to miss. He's going to hit it. He's going to take care of business. Whereas it felt like maybe in the spring season and maybe early in, in the, in the fall here, it wasn't quite as automatic, but it feels like he, he really kind of hit his stride and, and gained some confidence. I mean, what do you guys think of that? I think so. And I hope so, because there were, there were a few times when, you know, Weber had the ball at around the 30 that we went for it on fourth instead of kicking. And there's a couple of instances specifically UC Davis and even Montana state where taking the points could have helped us win the game. Yeah. Yeah. And good I think some of that's go ahead, John. I was going to say good, good. If you want to be a good team, good teams have to have a good kicker because good teams play close games and kickers are huge in those close games. And, you know, um, uh, Kyle is obviously a freshman this year and hopefully, you know, this, this is kind of the, hopefully this is kind of the new normal. And, you know, he, this is kind of a, uh, and this becomes a building block for him going into, um, into next year. And, you know, it was such a huge advantage for the Wildcats to have someone like Trey Tuttle for four years. Like it's just a massive, massive advantage. Um, just because, you know, you, that's an, that's an aspect of the game that you don't have to worry about at all. Like it's just, it's taken care of. And so I really hope that, 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 that is something that, that, that Kyle is going to really own and grow into, into the, uh, this off season. You know, you know, it's funny uh, when it comes to kickers, coaches, if you're automatic, coaches will put you in every time because they want the points. But if you miss one, they second guess every decision after that. Let's look at Kyle Thompson's season. He was 12 of 15 overall. The two misses that he had were from the 20 to 29 yard range. Right. So that's that's in inside the, the 20 yard line. The other, the other miss that he had was uh, an over 50, and I forget how long that was, but it was outside his range. But from 30 to 50 yards, 8 of 8 on the season. I don't know what went into the decision, and I ranted about this a couple weeks ago. I don't know what went into the decision to not kick and take the points in those first quarters early on in the season. But I, I think that if, if I do something right 80% of the time, that's pretty darn good in most industries, right? We don't criticize a quarterback when he, when he hits 80% of his throws. I mean, that that's like all-star, you know, that's greatness level for a quarterback, yeah. right? So why is the kicker? And, it, and it's because the kicker is in the pressure situations. If you lose a game because he misses a field goal, that's all anybody remembers. And, and punters are people too. And kickers are people too. You know, they're the oddballs on the team. I, I don't think they get the credit they deserve, but but 12 15 for a freshman is a fantastic season. And the fact is he hit him in the distance that we needed him to hit him in. There's a couple shorter ones that should be automatic. And I think you can work on those. And there's a couple of instances. I don't remember the, the exact instances for those, but, but I, I think he had a great season and he's only a freshman. So he's he, hopefully he develops and gets better. 
Yeah, no. Uh, like I said, I feel like he gained his confidence as the season wore on, and uh, that should bode well uh, going forward. Because, like you said, just a freshman, and so next year will be a sophomore, and uh, a lot of experience having played the spring now and the fall seasons. Um, should be a good opportunity for him to grow and have him for a number of years going forward. Because, like you said, it's nice to have a good kicker, guy you can rely on. All right, fellas, uh, that will do it for the season and uh, that forty-eight to seventeen drubbing of the Northern Colorado bears. Um, let's let's, I want to, I want to play a game now with you guys really quick and I'll just do a few of these cause we're running out of time here. Uh, but this game is called over the top and uh, I want to obviously shout out to Jake says free ad, but I don't care. Um, I want to get your guys' takes on some of the top plays this last season, kind of what you thought were the best, this or the best that. So I want to, I want to start out here with the best, the top touchdown cat. Whether that could be, you know, a, a, a touchdown catch, could be a touchdown run. Give me your top touchdown play from the past season. 44 to choose from Colby. I'm taking Rashid Shahid. I'll give you a toss up on him. 100 yard kick return against Utah uh, sitting in the suites for that one. It was a, 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 that stunned the crowd. It was great to hear the Ute crowd silenced and we lost that game. We got blown out. We all do. We would, but, but uh, that was great and and made people take notice. The other one is when he tied the record. Uh, I believe it was against Idaho state tied the record for uh, all time kick returns. A couple of really good touchdowns there. Uh, Chappie, what about you? I'm going to go with Rashid Shahid as well, but it was the Idaho State game, and I believe it was his first touchdown catch of that game, and it was just a pretty play. Like the the the, the corner was up, safety was supposed to cover Rashid. Rashid blew by him, yeah. and Barron put the ball in an absolutely perfect spot, and it was just it was a pretty play. Like it was just it was executed extremely well. The throw was just out of the reach of the safety, placed right right in Rashid's hands, and Right in right mid stride, and it was just, it was just a very good looking, very prototypical p- football play, but it was executed perfectly. John King, what about you? So mine's going to be a little off the wall choice, but I'm picking this one because I think this was my happiest moment of the year as a Weber State football fan. I'm going to say Chris Jackson's 13 yard run against Eastern Washington, which yes. made this. 35 to 21. I remember where I was sitting. I was sitting at home in Virginia with my parents. Like I, we had had a couple of rough weeks in a row um, as, as Wildcats. And then, you know, that second half, you know, the majority of it, I mean, the end, it got a little squirrely, but you know, that second half was the best that Weaver State played the entire season. And that kind of count that, that drive um, a plays 43 yards um, just kind of, culminated like an absolute domination of the third and early fourth quarter, which allowed us to take that lead. But that was, that was probably my happiest moment of the year. So I'm going to say that was the top TD. I mean, that, that, that's definitely a good one because, you know, obviously Chris Jackson had a monster of a game up at Eastern Washington. Uh, good to see him get that confidence, but going up two scores on Iwu, uh, they obviously made it close because they're a quality team. Uh, but still going up two scores on Iwu was just like, dang, that felt, that felt good. So can't blame me there, John King. Um, next one, guys, I want to do is I think I'm going to do the top hit because I got mine. OK, uh, but I want to get you guys. This. So this was the best hit that you saw this season. Sean Lewis, let's start with you, man. 
you know, I don't, I, I see the hits. I say, Ooh, yeah. And, but I don't remember who hit him or who did anything. So I, I got nothing for this one, but there were some fantastic ones that made me go, Whoa, uh, one on even on Saturday. Uh, but I can tell you the time or the place of what it happened, but there were a couple that made me. That's, that's, bulge. The, that's the hard part about being in the stadium, right? Like, especially, you know, you don't see number. I'm, I'm thinking of this and I know exactly what play it was, but I can't remember who it was. And Colby, you probably remember because you were watching on TV, but it was, uh, it was Portland state. We had, yeah, mine. yeah, yeah. Mine. who was it? Who was the, who was Winston who? Reed. Winston Reed yeah. laid that dude out, laid him out. And like in the stadium, like you always know it's a really good hit because the, the stadium immediately goes Ooh, and it's like audibly loud and then it's silent. Like that's, that's how, you know, in stadium that it was a special hit <laughs> and, and, and it 100% was that. Yeah. That was the one for me. John King, what about you? So this was a tough one for me because like, I, I just, I, I'm just an, I'm an offensive minded person. So the offensive mm-hmm. plays stick in my mind a lot more in every sport than the defensive plays. Um, but I'm going to go with, I just had it pulled up, but uh, where did it go? Hold on just a second. I know this is exhilarating podcast. Um, I got one more for him. Why John's looking it up. It just came to me. My, uh, my second favorite hit of the year uh, was Jared Sheese on a fake punt. Absolutely trucking <laughs> an oh, Eastern Washington defender. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, that one was good. So I was going to say George Tarlis's forced fumble against JMU when it was still a close game and it put us in some pretty good field position. We weren't able to go down and capitalize. Um, but that was, I remember, I also remember watching that game, you know, um, and it, 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 I, I remember watching that game in my apartment. And that's a special game for me because I'm from Virginia. I'm from 30 minutes away from where JMU is. And I was like, okay, we're in this game. Like, I mean, we don't have our quarterback, but we're in this game. Like these are the moments if we can take advantage of, we can, we can win. And it unfortunately didn't happen, but in the moment I was jacked up on that, when that happened. Oh yeah, definitely a good one. Um, guys, I'm going to go real quickly. One more before we wrap the show up. I want to just top play. Okay. Give me your top play this season. One that you were just like, yep, that's the best play. Could be offense, could be defense, could be special teams. What do you think is the best play that you saw on Wildcat football this season? Honorable least- mention to uh, Rashid Shahid against ISU that, Col- or that Chappie mentioned earlier. That was my top catch of the year. My top play, fourth and four, fourth quarter against Eastern Washington, Mackenzie Morgan to Jared Chiefs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 20 yards, fake punt. That was fantastic. Two guys that wouldn't normally be in on an offensive play like that. Uh, that was everything. Uh, and it was the second fake punt, I believe, that we completed or that we were completed in that uh, game against Eastern Washington. So that was my favorite play of the year. Yeah. I mean, and then, then the thing is, I think so Mac Morgan announced that uh, he's, he's done playing college football uh, on Instagram, but uh, I think he's going to end up uh, retiring as a wildcat with a sky high quarterback rating because every time he had a throw like that, he always seemed to make it. So Chappie or uh, John top play for the year. What about you guys? I'll go real quick. It's already been, it's already been said by, um, both Chappie and by Sean, but uh, my top play of the year was the 100 yard kick return against University of Utah. Um, I was watching the game on my phone um, as I was driving. Uh, I was driving to uh, New York for a wedding. Um, 
probably shouldn't have been watching the game and driving at the same time, but you but know, you can uh, listen to it. You can listen to it. That's what I do. Listen to the game. But, uh, um, I remember, you know, I, I was, it was, it was, it was, it was late night and I was in, I was in the car. Thank God for the lightning delay. It helped me, you know, get, get quite a ways down the road, but that was, uh, that was definitely my play of the year. Jappy, what about you? Take it away. I'm going to do what uh, Dustin Chapman does and give a, a not real answer. And no, no <laughs> pushes. No, so Sean, pushes. Sean's going to call me up to me. It was, it was the, the, the entirety of the Eastern Washington game was just fun, but specifically the fact that we did three fake punts. I mean, that was uh, no, who, nobody does that. And, and to me, it embodies everything that is good about Jay Hill football at Weber state. It, they were loose, they were taking chances. And I've said it a few times this year um, when Weber state is doing things on special teams, the different plays, it, ta- it, it takes them from being a, a good team to a great team or a great team to an elite team, whatever one of those you want to pick to, 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 to gauge the team's success by, but the special teams plays are, and, and it was fun to hear Mackenzie Morgan talk to us about that a week later, because he, he, he rightly pointed out that it's, it's a game of taking possessions away from, away from the other team. And, and that's exactly what they're designed for. And in that game, when you have such a high powered quarterback, uh, it absolutely did exactly what it was. I mean, that's, it, it was brilliant play calling and, uh, it worked and it was fun to watch. Absolutely. Colby, to answer your question, uh, Mackenzie Morgan is a career two for two, 100% passer with a perfect 289 passer rating. That's quarterback <laughs> in school history. Sure highest is. rated, highest rated. There we go. Highest rated I've, quarterback in school history. I've been saying for years that he should have been given more opportunities. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been saying it for years. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, it was an um, interesting football season, to say the least. Uh, Wildcats obviously coming up a little bit short, not making the playoffs this year, but I don't, I think that that's going to change. Um, it is going to be a tough schedule next year. Wildcats will be facing Montana, Montana State, Sac State. will be facing UC Davis. will be facing Eastern Washington. So of all the top teams in the conference, they will be playing the Wildcats in a mixture of Rome, uh, home and road games next year. Um and of course, starting the season right out the gate with James Madison in Harrisonburg, uh, it's going to be a tough schedule, but uh, I think the Wildcats will be up to the challenge. Really looking forward to seeing what this coaching staff puts together and having a full off season to kind of develop guys and uh, get them ready because we obviously know that they're a good team. They they have the talent, they have everything they need. Uh, just need to give them that time. And I think that they'll come back ready to go. So um, let's wrap this one up guys. Um, obviously no upcoming events cause football season's over. Um, Hit us up, WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got the Patreon, patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly. And we've got a blog. I've uh, been a little bit behind on getting some of that recruiting content out, but um, I should be able to do that hopefully soon uh, with the holiday coming up. All right, guys, uh, wrap up the show like we usually do. And I'll say it. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Stupid mute button. <laughs> <laughs> Chappy, did you say it? Great. I said it. Yeah, I, I said it. We're just, we're just going to keep screwing this. It's now tradition to screw this up. Yeah, botched it. Go Wildcats. Oh! Worst fans ever. <laughs> <laughs>